Hi everyone and welcome to the Poma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Uh, really great to have you all here again. And uh, today is um, a special episode. Um, if, you, if you're a regular listener, you'll have heard me talk about my uh, love of geekdom. Uh, we've had a few episodes on different aspects of that throughout throughout the years. Uh, and uh, yeah, because I think that geeky stories, comic book stories all have a kind of significance for our personal journeys. So, and I just love them. So I love talking about them. So um, today we have a guy who hosts a great podcast um, on comic book, uh, comic book movies, comic book stories, and in particular, one uh, comic book hero who I love as well, who happens to be my favourite as well, Superman. So um, welcome, uh, Mario Francisco Robles. I am very happy to be there, be here, James. Thanks for having me. Yes, I have the Fanboy Podcast, and Superman is something that comes up with great, great frequency. <laughs> so I'm glad to come here and talk some more soups with you. Yeah, we've talked a bit on Twitter about it, haven't we, as well? Um, yeah. Um, lots of different things, especially recently, because we've had some news recently about a new Superman movie, and we had the Justice League. Um, yeah. Justice League, and... Yeah, and the, the Superman and Lois show, which has all been this year, so it's been a good year. Yeah, there's been a lot of Superman stuff between Zack Snyder's Justice League, between Superman and Lois, between the upcoming J.J. Abrams reboot that's being written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, even the casting of a new Supergirl. It just seems yeah. like there's a lot of stuff coming out of uh, kind of that corner of geekdom. <laughs> yeah, and that's good for me. I needed that. <laughs> waited a long time. Right? <laughs> Uh, it seems like Superman fans have to wait a long time to get. It's just yeah, they they make us suffer and wait. Everyone yeah, else gets a new reboot or a new movie every couple of years, and Superman, well, you know, yeah, still exactly. waiting on a sequel to Man of Steel eight years later. So. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we both love the character, and there's lots of reasons mm-hmm. we love the character. I um, people who know my story will know a little bit of this, but. Um, I haven't spoken about it in this much detail before, but it, Superman for me was, uh, I didn't watch Star Wars growing up. Well, I was born in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't see the Superman movie at the cinema. Um, but I saw it when it kind of came out on TV because it took like four years for me to come out on TV back in the seventies and eighties from when they went in the cinema. It takes about four months now. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't get into the whole Star Wars thing back then. I mean, I love Star Wars now, but I wasn't into it at all then. I um, I saw Superman the movie, um, 1978 movie, with Christopher Reeve on TV, I think when I was four or five, and that just blew me away. I just, um, I remember this character showed me, uh, for me, he was like what, it's how a person should be. He always saw the best in people. He believed in people. He was a friend to people. He, you know, took care of everyone, um, did the right thing. And that was who I wanted to be. And I guess that's why I fell in love with the character. Um, yeah, Christopher Reeve really had a way of just <clears throat> giving off this sense of, of, of safe and security and, and, and yeah. hope and he just kind of oozed that off his pores. So just, he, there was just something very, um, uh, 
inspiring and, and and hopeful about him. I don't know. He he was a, a once in a lifetime casting. Like they, they, yeah. you know, they really struck gold with Christopher Reeve in that because I agree. There was always just something about him that even just looking at him on the screen, it was calming. It was hmm. that there was something reassuring about him. And I remember just being a little kid, similar to you. I didn't see the first one. And yeah, I was born in 83. But yeah, my first exposure to that original film was like reruns on TV. But honestly, my, my first real exposure was when I went to go, go see Superman 4 in theaters at age four. And that left like a huge mark. It was just me and my mom. And I remember things were kind of like haywire at the time. The My parents had just gone through a rough divorce. And there was a lot of change and a lot of uh, scary kind of stuff on the horizon. But we found some time to go see this movie together, a little matinee. And I just remember the the ride of of going through this movie with my mom and and seeing him seemingly get like buried and killed on the moon. And that was really strong for that iconography was very uh, powerful for me at four, seeing Superman get buried. Cause even at that young age, I associated being buried with death. So I remember I took it really hard and I'm sobbing in the theater. And, uh, I remember the feeling of when he came out and lifted up the American flag and flew back to earth to save the day. Like the feeling of that, I'll never forget the way, like the unbelievable euphoria of, of getting to see Superman save the day. It just left such a mark on me. And I swear, like seeing four in theaters simultaneously ignited or, or, or like extra added jet fuel to my love of Superman, but also just got me into the, like the, the magic of movies and realizing what they could do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a, it sounds like a similar story. Mm. Uh, I mean, I saw Superman four in the cinema as well. Hmm. Um, it wasn't that great. It's not that great. <laughs> It's, not, it's like, not a great movie, but when you're four, <laughs> when you're four, yeah, totally. It's a, yeah, because it's Superman, isn't it? So you, yeah, um, yeah, and you're right. It's just, um, it. I guess in terms of like the meaning of life and what life is all about, it's, it mm -hmm. was. I guess well, for me, it was kind of just believe the best in people, you know, and take care of people and be good to people and just kind of basic values of, of how to live, I guess. Yeah. Well, w w one of the va the values that I always really latched onto, and it's funny because when people speak about the Christopher Reeve films nowadays, there's a tendency to act like they were just this kind of goofy, lightweight fluff. He was playing like, you know, an oafish Clark and he's throwing cellophane S's and people seem to think of it almost like camp, like it's Batman and Robin and Adam West in the 60s. And to me, I never really got that. Yes, of course, there's the humor and there's all that stuff. But for me, there was something about Reeves' portrayal, especially in the first two films, that there was a sadness at his core, a melancholy mm. at Clark's core because he was alone. And they really did emphasize that a lot about him being the last of his kind and him being alone and alien and all that sort of stuff. And the fact that even through that feeling of feeling alone and feeling sort of um, isolated and alien and different, he still goes, you know, pushes through that pain or whatever that feeling is just to be kind and, and helpful to all anyway. You know, to me, that idea of like, it almost doesn't matter with what's going on with me. I still have to be kind to people. 
Like, honestly, that value of like the fact that obviously he's hurting and he has these things and he just wants to live a regular life and play football with his friends at high school and get the girl and have like a just a standard sort of life. And he's never going to have that. But rather than like succumb to that, he decided he's going to, you know, he the most important thing is being a friend to all and inspiring people to be kind to one another. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, an unbelievable value that comes through in these movies. And and I feel like it gets lost sometimes when people talk about. Yeah, I, I was always surprised when people said those movies were camp because that's never the, the, the tone that I got. It, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, obviously there's a bit of like tongue in cheek humor and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we, it's, the, it's the same kind of humor you get in the MCU. Honestly, mm-hmm. actually, I, mean, I saw an interview with Kevin Feige. He said that his biggest inspiration behind the tone of the MCU yeah. um, uh, was 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 uh, was Richard Donner's Superman. Like, you know, Christopher Nolan said that he wanted to model model that when he did Batman Begins. Yeah, you, you just know. took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, like, that movie is a touchstone for several uh, major film, you know, superhero things and franchises since. But yeah, because aside from those two that you just mentioned, even Brian Singer, I know it's a little weird to talk about Brian Singer nowadays, but I remember back like, like X2 back, back when that was still exciting. And, and X2 was the big expansion of the X-Men universe and all that stuff. And he was talking about how like the Donner Superman films really kind of set a template for him for how he wants to approach the stories, you know, so between him yeah. and Nolan and Kevin Feige going on record as saying that, yeah, the Marvel sort of formula, comes from the Donner sort of mold. It's uh it's it's amazing that this film from 1978 really kind of set the blueprint for a lot of sort of like the blockbuster cinema that, you know, we're all sort of spoiled with nowadays. It, yeah, it did and and it, it it was a story that took itself seriously. It was mm-hmm. it was a really good character arc, you know. It was that took time to develop his character and you know, he comes up with against loads of challenges. He loses his stepfather, his adopted father. Um, yep. Um, so, I mean that that feeling yeah. of powerlessness is so huge. That whole that speech always kills me, because when when they're at the funeral and he says, "I have all those powers and I couldn't." Mm, even yeah, gets me every time. You know, yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah, I'm with you. It's just it, it's it's a powerful film, and he's dealt a lot of blows. And that's why, like, at its heart, there is this sort of melancholy center to the story. And yet the fact that he can push through that just makes him super, man. Yeah, it does. And as someone, and I, when I lost, my mother died 21 years ago, uh, and I was in my early 20s. And I think having done a lot of therapy and um, all that stuff since to, to kind of process my grief, yeah, I think what I actually realized uh, in that process was that I had blamed myself for my mother's death, even though I had nothing to do with it. There's nothing I could have done about it. Um, sure. But I had taken that burden on myself. Like it was my fault or I should have done something, you know, I should. And it was like, Oh my God, that's just, that's just like, mm-hmm. he feels in that movie. It's like, I should have done something. I should have, I had all these powers. I should have been able to stop this, you know? And obviously that has implication for the rest of the movie when, yeah, um, you know, the end of the movie when he um, turns back time to to save Lois. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, it, and that's one thing that's always so powerful about comic book movies. Generally, is most of most comic book characters have suffered some kind of loss 
Absolutely. Some kind of, grief, some kind of trauma that helps shape them into, into who they are. And that's powerful. It is. And something about Superman and, and his Clark Kent portrayal in general always spoke to me as a kid. I don't know, maybe, may, maybe I digested it a little, uh, a little too intensely, but let, let, me, let, let, let me sort of clue you in on this. It's like this idea of the two personas, this idea of there's the public face, there's the Clark Kent who's like lovable and there and everything's fine and, he, and, and, and you know, but then there's the real him the one that's at the fortress of solitude trying to figure stuff out and has to kind of deal with all of the scary stuff. Right. And I feel like as a kid, like me growing up around, you know, trauma and scary things, I kind of developed that sense too, where like, there's the, there's the, there's the public persona and then there's the guy behind it. And it's like, I, I guess the Superman thing, especially the way he's handled in those original films, it really kind of like, I related to that feeling in a way because my own sort of survival mechanism was to create my own sort of lovable Clark Kent who could come into the room and make everyone happy and ease the tension in the house. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there was a lot of little layers to the, the Superman mythology that really kind of stuck with me, you know, and really kind of dug their hooks in me. Yeah. And I think looking back, I I, I had a little bit of this because I had a major childhood trauma. Um, I've told my story on this show before, people will know a bit, a bit about it but my mother was ill she had brain damage and became an alcoholic and my parents were fighting a lot as a teenager um and of course nobody knew about it on the outside so i would be give, like exactly what you're talking about giving yeah. one face to people on the outside and then going home and being in a completely different situation yeah. And, and that's one of the things too that like Superman and Lois, just to kind of just bring that. I, I feel like the show is handling that too, where like there's Superman, but when he comes home, it's a whole other ball game when he's dealing with his family, and he's yeah. like, you know, you know what I mean? Like th- that that idea of like there's the public life and there's the at home life. So there's something about the Superman mythology that really kind of crystallizes that. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I relate and entirely. One of the things that Christopher Reeve did with Superman, which is so great, is that he. Essentially, he's playing two different mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, yeah, when you look at those movies, he's playing two characters. He's playing Superman, who is the real self, who he, you know, his true self, I guess. Um, but he's putting on this image of Clark Kent so that he can just blend in, and yeah. people don't don't notice him, and he can just almost kind of live his life. And I always regretted that we never got to see a bit of Clark's private life, you know when he goes home from work and yeah, I know. Right. And he's just being himself. Like, what what does he do? Like, you know, when he gets home and takes his glasses off and still has his work clothes on and stuff, you know, because it would have been really interesting to see that dynamic of where where those two cross over. But, yeah, well, that's why I would say, too, like the TV medium really works for Superman. Because like I said, they're starting to do some of that stuff on Superman and Lois that they've never even touched in the movies. So that's kind of exciting for mm-hmm. me. But um, it's not got to the UK yet, so I'm waiting for that to come. Oh, and now it's on HBO Max. Oh, is that in the UK yet? Can you get HBO no, Max? Not oh, man. <laughs> no. So I'm waiting for it to come on Apple TV, and then I'm going to buy it and watch it. Yeah, but there was uh, something we were talking about, Clark, and I was thinking about – one of the things too, like that, that interesting little like love dynamic that they set up, the love triangle, where it seems like Clark likes Lois, but Lois likes Superman. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's that was also something that I related to in a very sort of human way. I don't know why, but it was this feeling of like you could tell Clark 
would love to see like would Lois like me not uh, when I'm not super you know in other words would she like me just me when I'm just you know myself and sometimes it would feel like his moments as Clark he's just trying to engage with her and be kind and tender and normal and she kind of just brushes him off but Superman she's all about and it's like I don't know something about that. I could relate to that sort of insecurity because I, you always kind of got the sense that Clark was jealous of Superman. And I always kind of associated that with like, you know, yes, you like me because of all the stuff I could do. I could fly and I could do all this other stuff. But what about when I'm just here around and I'm here with you? Are you interested? You know, that yeah. sort of yeah. question of your own self-worth. Yeah. And I tackle this a lot in um, Clark and Lois. Mm-hmm. Um, that series in the nineties, um, yeah. I religiously in the nineties, um, which basically uh, the difference with that show is that Clark is the, is the character and Superman yes. basically, uh, put on for the public, which I, I, that, I, I like that dynamic as well. It's a really interesting mm-hmm. one. And eventually they fall in love. I like Clark and Lois, but they, 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 they handled it really well. Cause she falls in love with Superman first. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of falls out of love for Superman and falls in love with Clark. And it's really interesting to see how that develops yeah. and uh, how they handle that. Yeah, it's funny because it, we never really really even got to that point in the original films, right? Because it was like they fell in love, but she was mainly in love with Clark. I uh, know, mainly in love with Superman, right? And then after two, he, they like, wipes her memory or whatever. But all, after that, like the romance kind of goes away. And three, like he, it's more about Lana. And in four, it's more of like Lacey Warfield has a crush on Superman. Yeah. Like they kind of got away from that. We never kind of got to the point where Lois like embraces and loves Clark now, you know, would have been nice, but yeah. I'd like but, to have seen that done. I mean, it's a shame Richard Donner never got to finish his Superman series. Cause I'd love oh. to have seen how he would have developed these characters over, over some movies. Yeah. Um, I will always be upset about that because he's mentioned yeah. in interviews since that he had you know, him and Tom Mankiewicz, who he had used to help rewrite Mario Puzo's original script. Uh, him and Tom Mankiewicz had apparently worked out like five Superman stories they wanted oh, to tell. Man, so yeah, and here he yeah. is at age like ninety-one, and he's about to do Lethal Weapon five. I'm like, this guy commits. Like, if he's going to do a series, he's going to be there, yeah, you know. Man. So he yeah, was ready to it. like do he a whole yeah. But oh well, thank you, Salkine. Yeah. yeah, I know. It annoys me. Always annoys me that. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy Superman too, though. I've got to say, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's not perfect, but it but it is a really good movie. For so, sure. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There's always that conflict with him. Like, do I do what's best for me, or do I do what's best for the world? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. That sort of moral quandary. That's like heavy stuff, you know. And and I feel like. And not to dwell so much on what people, you know, the negative p- things people say, but like a lot of times when Superman, the movie comes up online, it's brought up in this sort of like almost derisive way. But I'm like, this stuff, these films tackled, especially the first two tackled some really heavy thematic stuff, you know? So people yeah, better respect the Marvel humor. I think that's basically what it is. Yeah. Um, 
which I have no, I, I only have an issue with humor when it feels like ham fisted and forced and it undercuts yeah. the drama. But if yeah. it's just kind of mixed in there, you know, I always kind of say like a, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? So sometimes if your movie has a lot of interesting thoughts and ideas that you kind of want to convey, sometimes you just add a little sugar, a little, little humor to you know, kind of get things going so that people can actually hear your message. As opposed yeah. to making the whole thing a drag, like yeah. uh, certain yeah. superhero directors might do. You know, no sugar at all yeah. medicine. Yeah, my name, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know you're right. And I, I actually said this to other people that Captain America Winter Soldier is exactly the tone that I would have wanted from a modern Superman movie because it's still got the bits of humor. You know, it's yeah. still got the, the little in jokes. That, dry humor but it's also a serious movie and tackles it is a serious movie and, 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 and very similar to superman in yeah you, you and i are on the same exact page because for years there's been this thought ever since the christopher nolan batman movies there's been this idea of like the darker grittier hero and i remember during the dark knight trilogy there was a lot of this talk about like we want to sort of reinvent superman for modern audiences and he needs to be quote unquote darker and more relatable and more you know gritty and conflicted and that's what people want and it's like a that's not quite right it's not <laughs> i mean i'm not even going to get into all that but um yeah i just oh man i feel like i i just kind of lost my train of thought where was i going on that we were just talking about. We're talking about how in the in the in the two thousands when Nolan's, Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy came out, everyone was going about how Superman needed to be dark. Yes, and, okay. The, so yeah. to me, this connects to Winter Soldier because the idea is, no, you don't have to make him dark. You take our true blue hero and put him in a modern, contemporary, uh, complex world, and you have him sort of play off of that. But you don't corrupt him. You put him in a you know in 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 a corrupt yeah. world. You know what I mean? And the win and the the Captain America movie sort of did that perfectly. They kept Steve Rogers, his pure true blue Boy Scout, you know, true to his ideals of heroism. But they put him in a world that makes it kind of hard to be that way, and a world where things have kind of changed, and he has to adjust to like you know what I mean. So I feel like those movies nailed exactly what a new Superman series should attempt to do. Yeah, you know, rather than make him dark and and moody and and you know always contemplative and whatever, uh, put him in a world that's dark and moody and contemplative, but keep our yeah, exactly. world pure. That would have been that would have been a really interesting series of movies. Again, um, yeah, yeah, because the world has changed and it is different and it is more cynical and um, and to see somebody who is trying to be a symbol of hope and optimism and believing the best in people have to rub up against that is a really interesting story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I read something years ago that really stuck out at me too, that like when you look at the period in time in American history, when the original Superman came out, like it wasn't a simpler time. You know, the seventies were a tumultuous decade with the fallout of Vietnam and, and Richard Nixon. And, you know, there was still civil rights things going on. Like the seventies were not an easy decade, but, when this movie came out, it was almost to be sort of like an antidote to that. Here is an ideal to strive toward. Here is a, you know, it, it's um, it, it was meant to be almost like medicine for a soothing society. So, you know, because people try to act like in this day and age, you couldn't do that. But it's like, no, you could. 
You know, if you if you if you write it right, if you frame it, if you give it the proper context, and you make Clark or his message sort of the antidote to a world that's kind of come off the rails, I think that's an amazing movie concept. You know? Yeah, that's why I'm so interested about this new movie. Um, yeah, especially coming from Ta-Nehisi Coates, who's like yeah, a political I, 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 essayist and a, just a brilliant mind. You just know he's going to write something that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, it's going to speak right into today's world. Like we've already seen a glimpse of, because it's presumably going to be a black Superman, which is going to, I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder what they're going to do though. Like, are yeah, they going yeah, yeah. yeah. to make Clark Kent African American? I mean, I guess he, no matter what, he's not African, but you know, are, are they going to make him a black American or are they going to go with that Val Zod character who I don't even really know. I'm not a yeah. huge comic book nerd or is it the calvin ellis thing i'm not sure but yeah i feel like if they if they were to make clark into a black guy i feel like that might uh you know i feel like that might go the wrong way i feel like they, they, they might be better off going with one of the established uh black supermen but i don't know what yeah, you think. Calvin Ellis would be an interesting one i think yeah given his his you know his career what you know he's a politician and uh, senator and stuff and end up being president doesn't he as well so, yeah that, that's an interesting um perspective as well like and actually calvin harris was the character was based on barack obama i think oh was it okay yeah i think like the whole as a politician anyway like yeah uh, this hopeful idealistic kind of black man um yeah that would be cool that would yeah. be real cool. I mean, overall, I hope to see a Superman movie that really emphasizes him as a symbol, you know, him as an actual mm-hmm. symbol of hope. Because in in these in in the last series, uh, we you know with Cavill and all that, uh, there was a lot of lip service about giving the people an ideal to strive toward, and one day they'll join you in the sun, and you're going to inspire hope, and the S means hope, and all everything was hope, 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 but we never really got to see him have that profound impact on on the people of earth right yeah. and that's something that i love about superman and lois that i feel like i hope that abrams and and coats bring to whatever they're working on where they ground his context on earth really interestingly for the first time that i've noticed they made it so that the Krypton on that show didn't necessarily blow up for like scientific reasons. It happened because the people of Krypton were not respecting the planet and they led to its destruction, essentially, which therefore makes it very allegorical to here on Earth. And I've always felt like an interesting way to approach the Superman mythology would be what if Jor-El chose Earth not just because his son would survive there, but because he felt he could you know, inspire Earth to avoid what happened on Krypton. You know, inspire them, the, the people to come together and to unite and to not, you know, uh, take advantage of the resources and to not be, you know, pushing for war all the time. You know, like I feel like it would be great to kind of have a modern take on the character where part of his mission is to make sure that we don't destroy ourselves like Krypton did. You know, it's just an interesting take because usually it's some sort of scientific mumbo jumbo, the the sun, there's something that's come undone at the core of the planet and that's why it has to blow up or the sun's gotten too close. And I'm like, that lets the people of Krypton off too early. I like the idea, too easy. I like the idea of like making it like an earth situation Yeah, where they did it. 
And Clark is here to try to make sure we don't repeat that sad history. Yeah, I, I love that concept. I think that's, um, I think that's a really good concept. Yeah, I, I, this is it. This is why these. I always, I've always said that these, these stories have so much to tell us about our own, our own journeys, our own identities, mm-hmm. um, how we deal with conflict, how we, how we deal with the big problems of the world, um, and. Because we need hope as well. We we need hope. And we, we need, need to speak to one another. And we need to communicate. And we need to stop thinking that you're you you're different from me because you were born on a different rock than I was. You know what I mean? We're all the same. All humans are all just one big tribe. At least we should be. But there's so many different lines that we draw between ourselves, be it where we were born and what kind of flag is over my town or what kind of religion we are or what kind of, we we find all these different ways to break ourselves into these tiny little groups and tribes and everyone else is kind of the outsider or the enemy. And uh, it would be unbelievable if we could just realize, Hey, if we just all work together, then there's nothing that can stop us and we can actually all just be happy. You know, but there's just this eternal conflict at the heart of everything. It almost seems like inevitable. And to kind of bring this back to Superman, it would be interesting to watch him deal with that as he's now going around trying to do things that inspire people, realizing, man, these people really do just want to kill each other all the time. You know, how do I overcome this, like this thirst for power or this greed that seems to corrupt the leadership everywhere, you know? It, it, it would be heavy stuff, but I feel like it would be great to see Superman tackle some of that, you know? Yeah, and he was originally created as a social justice warrior. Yeah, he was. He originally, there's, there's all this talk about him being like the Blue Scout and kind of the, you know, the mm-hmm. symbol of the, the white establishment, whatever. He was never, he wasn't created that like that. that. No, was, in the first comic, he like stops a wife beater, you know? And he like, yeah. th- there's like two or three big saves in the first comic, and they're all like him defending the the common person from like you know a very sort of relatable threat it's not like he's going around punching alien monster boogeymen like they superman's always been grounded in trying to help people who are being taken advantage of in some way you know yeah yeah he was he was a social justice warrior who stood up against the system mm-hmm. stood up for the oppressed you know all of that and that that wouldn't it be great to have a superman in the movies who did that yeah like, and, and with a proper budget and director, because if you recall in Superman four, Reeve had ideas like that, but ultimately they couldn't get the budget together to do it justice. But even for what's there, there was some interesting thematic material though, because he was trying to basically deal with the cold war and the nuclear arms race and this idea of like, all right, do I have to go and throw every one of these bombs out into outer space? Or do I go to the UN and try to speak some sense into these people to get them to stop fighting one another? And, And that conflict of like trying to inspire them to do right. But I also have to take matters into my own hands because this, you know, clearly they're not gonna, you know, like, so he tried to bring some of that level of like heft and social awareness, but unfortunately, you know, they did it. For, they they decided to make the movie for fifteen dollars and a hot dog, so they couldn't. Uh, yeah, if they had a great director on that, um, it was like I sit, imagine Richard Donner directing. Oh yeah, with a proper budget, mm-hmm. and, like a it's writing the script and everything. Like, yeah, that would have been a really interesting movie. Yeah, um, sure. Because we, we actually have to deal with all this conflict of like, 
I want to help these people, but they're not helping themselves. Like, what do mm-hmm. I do? Yeah. Oh, and, and think about like the dramatic scenes of the Fortress of Solitude he could have speaking to Jorel about this stuff. And, you know, I just, there, there is so much interesting territory to mine with Superman that when people say that, like, oh, he's a boring character, I'm like, that's just because you have a narrow mind and you don't, you're not creative and imaginative enough to see the potential here. Because that, that's another knock you hear a lot that, oh, he's too perfect and he's he only has the kryptonite weakness and this and that. But that's not even true. His biggest vulnerability is not kryptonite. I would say it's his heart. It's how much he cares. It's how much he doesn't want anyone to be hurt and how much it wounds him when something goes wrong. You know, yeah. like that, you know, yeah, kryptonite is the physical weakness. But the thing that really hurts him is when he sees what, what we do to ourselves and what we do to each other. You know, that's always been how I kind of look at it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a a despair, like a like you know, can't you just sort this out? You know, problems his powers can't actually fix. Yeah, because he can't change people with his powers. You know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't change people's hearts. You can't change people's minds necessarily. You know, he you know he just has to almost save them from themselves a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so much to. You're right. There is so much to. To examining with that character, um, which yeah, hasn't yeah. been, you know, and that's why TV, like you say, is a really good medium for Superman because there's so much. It gives you time to bask in all those little moments of of what what would it be like to essentially be Atlas, you know, and have the entire world on your shoulders. It feels like, and you have mm-hmm. to try to maintain some sort of balance and order. And meanwhile, you know, there are people who want to tear you down, who are they're convinced that, you know, with all these powers, you're eventually going to turn on us. And you know, there's all kinds of different challenges inherent to the character that I'm like, there's so many brilliant stories to tell here, but also so many interesting just kind of allegories about life and and where we're at today. Because even just like in recent years, the attack on journalism has been real. The attack on a free press being able to speak truth to power has been under attack here in the States. And, you know, the journalism aspect here, like Lois Lane is kind of doing some interesting stuff on that show. And in general, within the Superman mythology, you can use the journalism angle to say some really interesting things about where we are as a society too. You know, so... There, 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 there is just a lot in there, and that's why, like, this really is like the 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 blueprint superhero model for like everything. You know, but it came out in 1938. That's why he's the king of superheroes because within his story, there's just so much that is that you know that's come since, and so many variations, so many heroes that have kind of been ripoffs of him in a way. But he is the original, and he's the best. And I can just talk about him for hours. So let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do we could do like a three hour podcast on this. Like I'm really convinced of it, uh, and go off into all this kind of different different territory. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we, in this on this podcast, we cover a lot around identity and and spirituality and, and and things. And there is a there is a real sense of that in in some of the portrayals. You know, his his character. Like, we talked a little bit about that and the. You know the grief um, and how he how he processes that grief, and then the kind of the conflict that he has that he has in his own life, and 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 who the decisions he has to make, and yeah. does he make does he sacrifice his own joy to do the right thing, or does he 
or does he indulge himself? Uh, I mean, just think of the loneliness, the loneliness yeah. of being the world's protector. You know, I mean, that's something that came up in Superman Returns where, you know, he tells Lois, you know, you, you wrote that the world doesn't need a Superman, but every day I hear people crying for one. You know, that, that, that it's not that it's a burden per se, but that, that crushing responsibility of every day around the world, people need me and I have to be a certain thing for all these people, no matter what's going on with me, you know, and that's something that I, you know, that I can relate to in my own life, you know, because that, you know, his loneliness always felt very sort of real to me because I was a very lonely, isolated kid. I had no brothers or sisters. My mother didn't really socialize me with anyone. Uh, and there were no like play dates or, you know, I'm, I'm inviting you know, go have a sleepover or we're inviting over your best friends from school. There was none of that. I didn't really have a friend that I could like hang out with after, you know, after class until I was like 14. So for my first 13, 14 years was me just trying to amuse myself and make sense of all these different situations I was in as my family was kind of falling apart. And I was, now we're moving from Queens to El Salvador and uh, now we're going to move from my grandfather's house in El Salvador to a little kind of clay hut near a volcano for a little while. And everything's totally different. And your dad is sending you VHS cassettes so you don't forget him and so that you know what life in America is like. Like there were so many different things going on in those early formative years. And my loneliness was a big part of who I, I had to just kind of deal with this, but I couldn't let it affect the way I I handled others and treated others. I always tried to make sure that, you know, I always got a smile on my face and I always say the right thing. And, and uh, some of that was a defense mechanism just to make sure I got the love and attention I needed because I was really friggin' lonely. And that was something about Superman that really related to me that here's a guy who, when he's not Clark Kent at the planet and playing that part at home, he goes home. Who, who, who can he speak to who could possibly understand what it's like to be him? You know, and who can possibly relate to being an alien from a planet that got destroyed? You know, so this feeling of like you are completely alone in every conceivable way, but what is asked of you is astronomical and you somehow have to show up and make sense of all of it. Mm. And, uh, a lot of that stuff really, uh, you know, uh, hit very close to home. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it did for me as well. Like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was like a like a friend, you know. Yeah, like, it'd always be there when he says a yeah. friend. You feel it. You felt it. He yeah. was a friend. Yeah, when Christopher Reeve says that, he just—that's the first thing. When she asks him who he is, Lois asks him mm -hmm. who he is in the first movie. The first thing he says is, "Is a friend." Yeah, who are you? A friend. Flies yeah, in. yeah, it's just brilliant. It's I uh, get get teary just thinking about it. It's, when you, uh, and, and when you're like a lonely kid going through a bunch of stuff, this idea of a friend who's just kind of out there. You know, I remember like sometimes I, I would find myself just kind of looking up at the sky, kind of just enjoying this idea of like on some level there's a guy who can come and save me if things get too bad. You know, listen, it's not real, but when you're you know four, five, six, seven. You know, this idea of this mythical thing, the guy who just wants to help and is here to be your friend no matter what, you know, that's uh, that's a very empower that's a very powerful thing to have in your life when you don't have a lot of actual friends. <laughs> yeah. And that's where that, 
that scene in the first movie when he rescues that cat from the tree, that's mm-hmm. really, really important because that is that's yeah. kind of who he is. It's like it's not just about it's not just about you know saving the helicopter and saving people's lives and stuff. It's just the little things that he, mm-hmm. that he cares about. You know, the everybody he cares. He wants to help everybody, and even in the smallest ways. Yeah, uh, we all need people like that in our life. We all need people who will stand with us in the in the in the difficult times and in the little things as well as the big things, and um, who we know will be there for us. And that's yeah, what, he, selflessness. I, that's what he was for me as a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because overall, everything he does in some way, shape, or form is an act of selflessness because he doesn't have to be any of these things. And he doesn't, you know, he chooses to be this hero. You know, everything that he learns in the Fortress of Solitude is still just at the end of the day advice from his dad. But there's nothing making him do this. He's chosen to do this. And uh, that sort of act of selflessness, like to me, like that's the kind of heroism I like, selflessness, saving people. That's something that sets him apart from other heroes where, you know, for some heroes, it's how badly they beat up the bad guys. You know, I I liken it to like, you know, what do you find more heroic? A a firefighter running into a burning building to try to find people and bring them out to safety or the SWAT team breaking into a place and shooting and going after all the bad guys inside the place. To me, the firefighter feels more inherently heroic and that's the type of heroism that speaks the the most to me. And that's why I feel like Superman's unique in that regard, where when I go to see a Superman movie or anything, I'm not going to see him punch stuff. I'm going to see him save people and inspire and save lives. You know, and I feel like that's kind of a different, um, you know, just kind of sets him apart as well. But even just in general, just that, that idea of being a selfless symbol for good, no matter what's going on is uh, such an important staple for the character. And I think that's one of the reasons he transcends. And there's lots of kids who grow up feeling comforted by him. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's funny. Yeah. Cause I heard a, um, a certain director in a documentary once saying that, you know, like everyone wants to see Superman beating up people and fighting. And I'm like, no, they don't. No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's got directed a Superman movie. Um, I think we know mm. who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name because it'll just make me angry. But um, but that's not that because that, that upset me because that's not who Superman is at all. Like I went to a screening of Superman '78 or the original 35 millimeter mm. in London wow. a few years ago nice. with Pierre Bengler there as well. Get out um, of here. And um, one of the things he said is like that in the whole movie, Superman doesn't hurt anybody. He 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 saves mm. people. Yeah, he, he doesn't hurt anybody. He doesn't beat anybody up. Doesn't punch anybody. Just yeah, like he saves people. That's all he does. It's true, because that's who Superman yeah. is. And I'm like, and all the yes, villains he apprehends it. them, brings them to justice, but he doesn't hurt anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He has I don't even think I ever quite thought of it that way, but yeah. And yet, I don't think either one of us walked out of that wanting, right? It didn't feel like, oh, this was an incomplete experience because I didn't see him burn someone with his heat vision. It's like, no, it's not yeah, exactly. What I yeah. here for. <laughs> uh, uh, people have yeah. yeah, people have warped perceptions on what you know, on what he should be. But 
you and I know what, what what's up, James. <laughs> yeah, it's all about doing just. Yeah, he's just inherently good, and I think in the world we live in, that's people don't believe in that as much anymore, and mm-hmm. that's sad. Um, people are more cynical now. People question everything. People are cynical about everything. Yeah, like um, the one thing that the newer movies did was right. Actually, was that if if a Superman did arrive in right now, then people mm-hmm. would question it and think like, "Well, who is this guy? Is he gonna? Is he gonna just?" take over the world is he just gonna how can we trust him you know all of that um you have to hold him to account and all that that would be a real thing oh yeah there would be a lot of cynicism and skepticism about this super powered flying alien hiding among us you know it, it would not necessarily go well at first for sure and i appreciate that take but then if you're going to go that way then you also have to now pay it off to where he's earned their their love and respect yeah. And we never really kind of got there, you know, and listen, that, that's not entirely that director's fault, right? Because, you know, the studio kind of changed yeah. gears in the middle of yeah. things and who knows, apparently he was heading there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that approach in and of itself, I don't think is wrong. It's an interesting way to approach the material, but yeah. Yeah, you got to pay it off then, you know, you can't just show us a world that is, hates Superman, basically, you know? That's right, yeah, and yeah, my hope is that um, this new show and the movie will give us some hope and optimism and a grounded Superman who can show us how we can still have hope and still have ideals and still do good even in the world that we live in. Absolutely, um, and that because that's I mean that's what we need. We need we're coming out of a really difficult time. And uh, we need to believe we can be better. We need to believe that we can change Overcome. the world. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there is possibilities for good and there is possibilities for transformation. Um, and Superman is a great symbol of that. A guy that can, ins- Superman knows he can't save everybody, but what Super- I think what Superman wants to do is inspire everybody to be their best self so that they can do what they can do to change the world, save the world. You know, that's what Superman is for me anyway. Yeah. I mean, and the thing I try to carry over into real life from that is, you know, Superman, if, 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 if he were real, he's seen a lot of stuff. He's seen the darkest that humanity can be. And yet he still always sees the best in people. He tries to see the best in everyone. And I feel like I even, I I try to bring that into my real life where like, Mm -hmm. even if there's someone who's seemingly sort of uh, negative or hostile, rather than think that person's evil, I, my, my instinct is to go, that person is hurting. Let me figure out why they're acting this Mm -hmm. way. And let's see if I could bring, you know, soothe the savage beast. But that idea of like, no matter what anyone is doing when they're acting out, because people act, everyone is, everyone's kind of crazy, James. I'm sure you know that. Everyone is dealing with their own monkey on their back. Everyone is dealing with trauma. Me and my friend always talk about how like most of life is managing your trauma and, and knowing how to like not let it affect your life too too much you know and as you meet people there's the, the subtext of like 
what's this person's trauma? Because everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got their stuff. And I feel like the point is to try to see the best in others. And I feel like, you know, not, not, not to simplify it too much, you know, that, that's just an innately human quality I think we should all have. But that's something that I think Superman, you know, probably helps exemplify in a sort of easy way because he's seen everything and yet he still wants to help. And you don't do that if you write people off. You don't do that if you're beyond forgiveness, if you're beyond showing compassion to even the people who've done terrible things. You have to have an open mind and realize, okay, there's a solution to this. There's a way we got here and there is some healing to be done, you know? So yeah. that, that stuff that always kind of transcended the character for me too. Yeah. The same. Absolutely the same. Yeah. Um, if you could tell people what one lesson they can learn from Superman, the character of Superman, one lesson that individuals can learn, one lesson that maybe we as a society can learn, what, what would that be? Be kind. Use your gifts to share kindness and love no matter what your gifts are. His gifts are fantastical. He can fly and do all these things. You can't do that, but you have your own powers. And are you using them for good? So I feel like that's the big lesson for me. We all have our own things that we are super at. And are you using those tools for good? Are you using those tools to inspire and, and to heal? Because for me, like I'm all, I, I see myself as a constant work in, in progress and I have to use that same approach towards myself, you know, because my self-loathing comes in and I have to remember to be kind and be patient with myself. And in general, I just be kind with your, and, and use your gifts for good. That's kind of my big thing with Superman. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is, oh, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, and this is right. It's right. That's, that's, that's the lesson I've always learned from Superman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's easy to get wrapped up in the fantastical nature of his powers, but what superpower do you have? You know, everyone has things that they are good at or things that they love. They have, they have joy that they can share with the world. They have little tools in their toolkit that can somehow bring joy to themselves and to others. So use your powers for good. Mm. That's my yeah. Brilliant. This has been so great. We could probably talk for hours. Yeah, no, really. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to talk about him in this way. You know, I'm so used to talking about like, you know, like when the production is going to start and the rumors on the script, but to talk more philosophically about what this hero means, uh, you know, this is, thanks. This, this was a wonderful opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Um, and where can people find you on, on online? Well, over on the Twitter, you could find me at, at Superman on film. And yes, I have a personal handle of IDJ Weddings, but for all my sort of Superman-related stuff, Superman on film is the best thing. And soon there's going to be a whole website to accompany it where I'll be covering whatever Superman news comes up, and I'll be writing columns and op-eds about the character. So uh, Superman on film is on the way. But for now, Superman on film on Twitter is the best way to sort of keep up with me on this stuff. Fantastic. And I highly recommend that. Um, I follow that and... Uh, 
love reading it. I love love all the stuff that you do. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, and thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>